Please be seated. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We are facing irreversible environmental catastrophe. A friend was recently diagnosed way too young with aggressive cancer. Thousands of children, thousands, have been killed by guns in the six years since the Sandy Hook tragedy. Xenophobic hate speech, a regular occurrence, accepted occurrence in public life. The death of a parent. My pastoral care calendar filling up as this time of the year brings out the mess in all of us. And the darkest days of the year coming this week as the days grow shorter and the night so much longer. And Paul says to us, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Today is the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday, from the Latin word rejoice. It's the pink candle Sunday. In some parishes, in some traditions, the clergy wear pink vestments this day. There's pink frontals on the altar. It's a break in the seriousness of the season of preparation, a relaxation, a time to mark joy. The word Gaudete was the first word in the Old Latin Mass for this Sunday, which comes from the letter to the Philippians that we just heard read for us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul writes these words while he's in prison. While he's in prison awaiting execution. We know that Paul at that time was frail. He was ill. Possibly blind. And all alone. And in this short letter, just four chapters long, to a small church in the city of Philippi, Paul uses the word rejoice or joy 12 times. Where does that, where does that come from? Where does that come from from a man who's experiencing such dire situation, locked in his prison cell all alone? I've come to believe that Paul is rejoicing because he has not yet begun that slide, that oh-so-familiar slide into cynicism, defeatism, self-protection, anger, and hate. I've come to believe that Paul is rejoicing because he hasn't given up yet. Paul is rejoicing 
because he has hope. Paul knows that even as he suffers, God somehow is opening new paths for him, for the world, for the church, new paths for love. And he has hope that someone, that someone will read his letter. And he's rejoicing because in reading his letter today, he knows we, you and I, we have hope as well. Theologian Jürgen Moltmann wrote, the believer is not sitting at the high noon of life, but instead at the dawn of a new day, at the point where night and day, things passing and things to come, grapple with one another. The season of Advent, the season of waiting, of watching, of preparing, of hoping in the darkest time of the year, waiting, watching, hoping, because we know that the light, the light will come. And so Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Joy, not happiness. They're often, so often mistaken. Happiness, it's great. It's fleeting. It's passing away. It's temporary. It's circumstantial. But joy is far deeper, beyond this moment, beyond what's happening right now, beyond whatever the circumstances, good or bad, that they may be. Joy, it's known when things are going right and when things are going wrong. Joy, when the pain is real or when the suffering is coming to an end. When the situation seems dire or a solution is emerging. All the time, joy. Theologian Karl Barth said, joy to the world is always in spite of something. Joy is an act of defiance. It's a defiant nevertheless. Henry Nouwen wrote of joy, joy, it does not separate happy days from sad days, successful moments from moments of failure. It's a divine gift that does not leave us during illness or grief, oppression or persecution. It does not depend on the circumstances of our lives or even momentary feelings. It's not externally dependent not dependent on the absence of sorrow or pain. Joy is rooted, grounded, centered in the experience of God. And so Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Joy Joy that comes from knowing 
we are, no matter what, accompanied by God. That we are connected, whether we know it or not, at any given moment to the source of all life. Joy from knowing that you and I are just a mere speck in the vast universe, yet absolutely, completely, infinitely loved, just the way you are. Joy that comes from knowing that God's love can transform suffering and pain, and that God's work is greater than where we are at at this very time. Joy at knowing a loving God. And so Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It'd be easy to say that it's madness, that it's crazy to speak of joy in such troubled times, maybe even dishonest. But I'll tell you, for me, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to take that risk, and I think it might be for the same reason that Paul was willing to take that risk. Because it's a choice to live no other way. I choose joy so that the darkness will be kept at bay. I choose joy because then hope, hope will lead us. And I choose joy because I know, because our faith has taught me that in the end, love will win. So today I want to invite you. I want to invite you to join me, to join Paul, to join the apostles, the followers of God through the generations, and choose joy. To choose joy in the darkest time of the year, and to live because we know that the light will come. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Amen.